This episode is brought to you by Own Natural. One of the biggest hurdles in transitioning to a natural lifestyle is taking the time to do research. Do the products actually work? And where do you start? Fortunately, our friends at Own Natural have consciously and carefully researched and selected a range of natural beauty, skincare, and lifestyle products so you don't need to. Own Natural, your clean, green, and cruelty free online store. Shop online now with 10% off your first order using the discount code HAPPY10 at Onatural. That's ohnatural.co.nz. I am your host, Simone Anderson. Happy Marks the Spot is full of honest chats with awe-inspiring guests that I chat to about how to navigate through the journey of life, the highs, the lows, and everything in between. Unlocking inner happiness in each and every day, every now and then, or simply when one can. I'm really excited to bring this project to you, and a big part of the reason for that is the amazing guests we have lined up for the show. Today is a prime example of that. Lorraine Downs was thrust into the international spotlight when she became the first and still the only New Zealander to win the Miss Universe title in 1983. Such a coveted crown has come with high expectations and demands. She's been a household name ever since. A career in modelling and styling has been hugely successful, and along the way, she's had two wonderful children and also written two very successful books. She's also had periods away from the spotlight, contrasting with the very public cancer battle of her late husband, New Zealand cricket great Martin Crow, who died in 2016. Throughout all of this, Lorraine has become known for her grace and humility, with a philosophical approach to her challenges and an unselfish acceptance of her successes. It's an absolute honour to welcome such an open, honest and thoughtful guest as Lorraine for the very first episode of Happy Marks' Spot. When I think of beauty queens, I think of tiny tots and beauty pageants, but I don't think this would have been the case with you. What was your childhood like? Well, it's interesting. I did do a beauty competition when I was younger. Did you? Yes, but it, it was uh, Junior Miss Mount Monganui. Mount Monganui is like a second home to me because I'm a family of four girls. Yeah. And we used to spend three weeks at Mount Monganui. So it was the real hook the caravan onto the car down to the mount for three weeks over summer. And they are the best memories, childhood memories of my life because it was just about having fun. Yeah. Everyone in the family just loved that area. And so we used to always go and watch the Miss Mount Monganui. It was something did that you? We, yeah, oh, cool. we, we all did. And I don't know why, but mum entered me in the Miss Mount Monganui when I was about six and I won Junior Miss Mount Monganui, and then I never entered it again, but then I entered it when I was about oh, 17, and I won Miss Mount Monganui. So that was sort of a bit of background, but my childhood, I feel really blessed because I had a very a simple sort of lifestyle, but one that was really rich in love. Oh, that sounds absolutely divine, and like you had those perfect Kiwi summer holidays. Yeah. How did you initially get into modelling? Was this something that you'd always dreamt of doing or always wanted to do? I had finished my college education, and I wanted to be a school teacher, and I applied for a teacher's training college, and I got turned down, and I was really upset because all I wanted to do was teach, and 
they said basically we'd like you to come back in a year. So they obviously didn't think I was mature enough. I don't know. <laughs> but at the same time, I was approached by two people actually, a really well-known photographer called Max Thompson um, in the 80s. And he basically said to me that he thought that I could model yeah. and he wanted to take some photos. And also I was introduced to a modelling agent called Susan Rogers Allen. And so I thought, well, for a year, I'll try modelling. Yeah. And in those days, there weren't any full-time models. There might have been maybe four who were modelling full-time. Oh, and wow. I modelled full-time for a year and never, ever became a teacher or <laughs> school teacher. I, I have taught in a different way. That came later in my life. Who, if anyone, did you aspire to be? As a young girl? Yes, Mm. Was there anyone that you looked up to or really admired mm. in the industry? In the industry, not really. I was just very naive and I was just basically taking it as it came. It, it wasn't something that I thought I was going to be. Yeah. So it just happened. And then before I knew it, I was just going along that road. It was before the time of the supermodels. Yes. Yeah. So it was really at the beginning. In the days of, you know, you'd go to a modelling job and you would have to do your own makeup, your hair. You'd have to take a bag full of accessories. You would have to accessorise the garments that you were wearing yourself. Oh, wow. So you're really doing it all yourself. Yeah. Yeah. The styling, the makeup, everything. 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 No wonder your makeup looks so gorgeous uh -huh. today. <laughs> How did you prepare yourself for Miss Universe? It's such an iconic competition. Mm. When you found out it is happening mm. and you're going, what do you do? So I won Miss Universe New Zealand, I'm going to say maybe about March or April, and I went to the Miss Universe in July. So for that period leading up to it, I did a, a bit of training with a, a man called Tom Parkinson, who was the head of entertainment at Television New Zealand. So every weekend I would go into Television New Zealand and he would take me through different parts of the show. So for example, he'd have me on the stairwell in high shoes, walking down the stairs without looking down. Oh my gosh, I because, can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, you do the evening gown and you have to come down, you know, 20-something stairs and not fall down them. So we just did a few things like that. And he taught me about the different camera angles and what to sort of look for. And so there was a bit of that. But again, it was back in the days where everything was just very much left up to yourself. So, you know, I had to go find some clothes and it was just completely different to what I think it is now. Not as structured. <laughs> no, no. It was just, I just think it was a lot more probably natural in the process. Yeah. Yeah. So you were learning as you were going, really. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. That's the best yeah. way to do it, isn't it? Yeah. I don't think people really realise that it is an actual job. What happens for the year after you've been crowned? Hmm. So you've won a competition and you basically you're contracted to the Miss Universe Corporation. So for a year, they get to say what you will do every day for that next year. And basically you are working for different sponsors. Like I flew to 25 countries during the year. In one year? In one year. Wow. Mm. Did that take a toll on you? Yeah, it did. It, at one stage, I can remember I got really run down and, and I had to, you know, have blood tests. And it was just basically, I, I was based in New York for the year and I would arrive back, unpack my suitcase, repack and off the next day to the next country. It was a really gruelling schedule, but I was used to, you know, because of my modelling and I had a background of not being scared of hard work. Nice. Yeah. 
I handled it, I think. Um, and I physically, I was always really fit, which helps. Probably the most challenging thing for me was being thrust into a job of having to meet the press. And, you know, the first interview I gave was to 60 Media and having to answer questions. And I'd had no media training whatsoever. So again, it, I was learning as I was going. Oh, that 100% reminds me of my first big media experience was thrown on the Tyra Bank show in front of a live studio audience. Wow. My very yes. first time speaking to camera, yes. being filmed, yeah. anything like that. I was terrified. Yeah. But from that point, I thought, actually, if I can do that, yes. I really can tackle anything. And it was quite an empowering feeling. Yeah. And for me, it was a huge year of growth. You know, like when I looked at when I won and then I looked at the images and of myself and how I felt at the end of the year, the year of growth was incredible. Oh, that's amazing to hear. I'm sure at the time people would have looked at your life and assumed that you were happy all of the time. Was this the case? Definitely not. At least you're Well, for the first few months, I was incredibly homesick. Were you? Yes, yeah, because I'd lived at home, in the, the family home, and you know, I had all my friends and I had a boyfriend and then suddenly I didn't come back to New Zealand. I'd had a month in the States during the pageant and then I flew straight to New York and just started the job. So I wasn't able to come home and say goodbye to everybody. And so I got incredibly homesick and I was surrounded by not one person I knew. I can't even imagine how difficult that would be. Yeah, and for was, me, not having that closure yeah, or that goodbye. And because I came from this very close family... I felt at times really alone. And so I had to really work through that. But I was very, very fortunate that I had a chaperone, um, Ruth Romero, who lived with me and occasionally travelled with me because I had two chaperones, one that travelled on the international travel and then Ruth, who lived with me. She saved me. You only need one person. Yeah. One person that you connect with and you have a, a heart connection, and we instantly had it. And I knew from the first moment I met her, I was going to be okay. Oh, that's so lovely to hear. Did it make you happy being Miss Universe? Well, I think I'm going to have to say yes to that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though I um, there was so much change and so much to deal with, which was hugely challenging, my life changed overnight. As I said, I got to travel to 25 countries. So what I learnt and gathered from those travels was incredible. And it just opened up my life to meeting amazing people and having incredible experiences. The hardest thing that I had to deal with was losing, you know, having the freedom of being an unknown person. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I am quite a um, a person who likes to have my personal sort of space. Yeah. And so I, I had to learn to live with that. And naively, I thought after the year was finished that I would return to New Zealand and I would just be Lorraine. Yeah. But to this day, you know, how many years later? 1983. Are you good at maths? No, I'm not. I'm, I was just many, trying to work that out. How many years then? ago is that? Well, <laughs> it's, over, it's, over, it's, it's over 35 years ago. Wow. I will always have that Miss Universe tag to who I am. Oh, always. Yeah, Everyone yeah. I speak to yeah. about you, that's sort of the yeah. first thing that comes to mind, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. And I suppose, you know, when you have a profile and you'll know about this, people perhaps make judgments about you before they even know you. And that's sometimes a hard thing to live with. I definitely find that the hardest part of what I do day to day is that preconceived idea of who you are from 
I guess it's even just a snippet online. I mean, people, they're really not seeing even a whole picture of you, yet they feel able to make judgments on every element of your life. And that's the part I find the hardest because I am definitely a people pleaser and I sort of, in a way, I want everyone to love me. Are you a people pleaser? Yeah, I try really hard. How old are you? I'm 28. Yeah, and you know, that's the thing about being in your 20s. You are a people pleaser because I was. Were you? Yeah. Oh, so it's something I can grow out of. You will. Oh, no, no, you will. You wait till you get into your 30s. It's amazing. And that's the beautiful thing about ageing. Yes. You know, I'm 55 next month and when I look back at my 20s, definitely a people pleaser. Yeah. (laughs) What was the best thing to come out of your Miss Universe experience? Is there a number one pinnacle moment or a number one thing you learnt? I think the most important thing I learnt about that year was about people. Because I met so many people of different backgrounds from, you know, like the very rich to the absolute poorest people. And I learned what was important to me in life and how important it was to stay true to who you are. Sounds like an incredible thing to learn and something that you would have taken throughout your life with you, those experiences. And I I suppose like the challenging parts of that year, you know, like how do you survive? Like when you did the Tyra Banks show, I bet you, you went, okay, I've just got to be me. Yes, I cried before I went on stage. <laughs> they had to quickly touch up my makeup. I was still very heavily on drugs from the surgery I just underwent. And it was, it was one of those things I thought, all I can be is true to me and I can only yeah. showcase my personality yeah. and that is yeah. what I have to portray. Yeah. And I think, you know, through that year, I had to learn, being a people pleaser, <laughs> is that you're not going to please everyone. And so I had to deal with people meeting me, not as Lorraine Downs, but she's Miss Universe. So I probably didn't measure up to some people's expectations of who Miss Universe was. And I realized during that years that you're not going to please everyone. But the most important thing is, is to be who you are. If you can do that, I think you can get your peace on that. Totally. And you can be happy within yourself as well. Exactly. But if you're trying to be something that you're not, Well, then that's really hard. That's a hard way to live life, (laughs) trying to please other people as well. But yeah, staying true to who you are, I think is a really, really big thing that I learned and how I wanted to live my life, the type of people I wanted to have in my life, the type of morals and ideas and how I wanted to live my life. I learned that from all the people I met during that year. Wow. So you could really film this overall picture of exactly who you wanted to be and how you wanted to carry on. Yeah. That's amazing. Here is a quick message from our sponsor, O Natural. For me, my biggest concern when I was looking at natural skincare and beauty products was, are these products going to work? And honestly, after trying a few of their amazing products on their website, I was converted. One of my favorite products was the Black Chicken Axilla Natural Deodorant, and it really works. I mean, with a deodorant, that's something that we need to ensure works. And judging by the other 182 positive reviews for this product, you just can't go wrong. It's got a really lovely soft scent and perfect for anyone that's wanting to try a natural deodorant that works. Shop online now with 10% off your first order using the discount code HAPPY10 at onatural. That's ohnatural.co.nz. After you handed over your crown, you were able to start your own business. 
you were really a girl boss and an entrepreneur before it was cool. Can you tell me a bit about this? <laughs> yeah, I had no training in, in running a business. But what happened was I finished that year and I knew that I wanted to come home. So I modeled for a, a little while. Um, I went to Tokyo and then I decided during that time in Tokyo that my modeling days were done that I wanted to come home and I wanted to pass on what I had learnt through my experience as Miss Universe. And the big thing was, was confidence, you know, like oh, the confidence that I gained and and how, you know, when you believe in yourself and you have confidence, you can do anything. So that's when I decided to open up a grooming school and to start passing on all the things that I had gained to teenage girls because that's where it really begins. Those teenage years can be very cruel and very tough because teenage girls, most of them don't naturally have confidence and they're trying to fit in and all those things. So that's when I started my business and I started a modeling agency. So again, it was learning it as I went, but I knew I'd learned so much and I could pass it on that I knew it would be a success because oh, I just had the knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. And I totally feel that like you're saying in those teenage years, that's where you're struggling the most. You're, you're trying to be someone else and you're trying to emulate something else that you've seen in the media and having those skills to really yes. form who you are, yeah. gaining the confidence, that's going to make you fly through life. Yeah. What an and, incredible opportunity. And you're also, you know, dealing with the whole puberty thing. So these hormonal things and, and you don't know who you are. And if you're lucky that you've got really good people around you, you will get through those teenage years. And, and I was blessed with amazing girlfriends. And that's where I learned, you know, about the importance of having good girlfriends in your life, how important that is. And to this day, it's one of the most important things well, in my so life. Are. They're your backbone and they are who support you through everything. And yeah. I'm so lucky that my group of 10 or 12 school friends are still some of my best friends wow. today. That's which a lot. is amazing. I mean, and this is, yeah, 10 years later, we're yeah. still in contact and we live all over the world in very different yeah. spots. But when we see each other, it's like no time has passed. Yeah. And it's such an incredible feeling. Yeah. I wanted to ask you a question. How did you and Marty first meet? Well, that's an interesting one. <laughs> we actually met in 1990 and we were both employed to be presenters in a bank commercial gosh, I can't remember which bank it was. I think it was ANZ. But anyway, we were the presenters and we were presenting on this bank's corporate uniform. So it was my background because I had, I'd actually been designing corporate wardrobes for companies. But Marty was brought in to do the male part. So I was doing the female uniform and he was doing, showing the employees the male uniform. And we worked together for about three days. And we just really hit it off. But I was married. Oh, wow. Yes, he was single, but I was married. So I wasn't available, you know. But we just had a connection. And then our paths crossed again after I was divorced in about 2001. And we just we hit it up. again. We did. Yep. Our paths crossed, but it wasn't the right time. And then we finally met again in 2005 and the timing was right. Oh, And it's wow. all about timing. And I was ready and he was ready and it was just perfect. And it just felt like it was meant to be? Oh, we knew. We absolutely knew. You know, we knew that this was it. 
because the times before, it definitely for reasons on both sides, it wasn't right. But we knew, we just intuitively knew, and it was the most wonderful thing. It is. It's the best feeling in the world, isn't it, finding that person? I have heard in the past that you have described your connection with Marty as a soulful connection. What do you mean by that? So it's a feeling right from day one that you've known that person forever and maybe possibly in previous lives. You just know each other so well and you have a connection to each other where you know what that person's thinking, what that person's feeling, and there was just always this beautiful ease with each other, a beautiful knowing that we couldn't imagine our lives without each other, that we wanted to share life together, just wanting the absolute best for your partner, having a sense of just the freedom to be able to say and do anything and know that that person will still love and adore you and support you. Truly being able to be yourself, I think, is just the number one in any relationship, whether it's with a girlfriend or a partner. And knowing that they understand you, they get you, and there's no judgment. I think that's a huge part of any great relationship is the no judgment and that feeling of just truly being at ease with you and yourself and knowing that they accept you for all of you, your faults. Yeah. The beautiful thing is, is that they know when you're struggling. Like for Marty and I, we would wake up and look at each other and that would begin our day. And it was a day of just conversation, you know, like the communication, I think, with a soulmate is so on every possible level is just 10 out of 10. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so lovely. Talking about struggling, cancer is such a big, scary word. But in saying that, we hear so many survival stories. When did you realise you would lose him or did you always hold out hope? We had a cancer journey. So initially when Marty was diagnosed, there was absolute hope. He was diagnosed in 2012 and he passed away in 2016. So we're talking four years. And during those four years, his cancer kept changing. Wow. Yeah. So we started off with absolute hope. Oh, yes, you're going to get 20 years because he had lymphoma. And people, there's all different types of lymphoma. But his cancer kept changing, changing to a different type of lymphoma. And then at the end, it was double hit lymphoma. And so, yeah, it was a journey the time I think for me probably was when he decided that he was not going to do any more chemo. I think probably in my heart of hearts, I knew that that was that, you know, I was going to lose him at some stage because the chemo was working, but the side effects were so hideous and there was still no guarantee because the cancer kept changing even after chemo. So it was his decision, you know, everything he did, it was his decision. I was always there to support him. And did you respect every decision that he made in that sense? You never felt... I I could never tell him what I wanted. I don't believe that you can do that because it's very much his decision It's his illness and he had to do what was right for him. And I respected that. So you could just be there to support him and love him through that journey. I was just definitely, as he knew that every step I would be there with him 
and I was. And, you know, as as awful as it was, there were so many blessings in it. That's incredible that even after such a traumatic, enormous process in your Mm. life that you can still see silver Mm. lining. Well, for anyone that has been through a experience where you think you're going to die and then you know you are going to die and then you do die, you live life, you you are forced into living your life and really, really seriously looking at what life means to you. Yeah. Do you think Marty's inspired you to get more out of your life? Absolutely. I mean, that was the gift he gave me. Oh, that's just amazing. Was writing your book, was this part of a healing process for you? Yeah, it was. um, I knew that I had to write the book after he passed because of everything that I'd learnt from that experience. And I just thought, I've got to pass this on because obviously there's going to be other people that are going to go through this. And it was so healing for me in the respect of healing in a way that when I wrote the book, it made me realize, one, how grateful I was for my life and all the amazing experiences that I had had in my life. It made me feel strong because I realized that I had survived quite a bit (laughs) and come through and been able to find joy again, because that's the big thing. When you have a great sadness in your life or a great challenge, the challenge is, is to find joy again. And I'm still in that process. But after I published the book, what was amazing was what came back to me. And that's what helped me. And that helped in your healing process. Oh, that's just so amazing to hear. One of the ways that you're now giving back is by working with anyone who is dealing with grief. You obviously have so much wisdom and you're so honest about your experiences, but how do you look after your own well-being while being so helpful to others through these tough times? Self-love is really important. <laughs> and so I really have processes that are in my life and you know it starts off from the moment that my eyes wake. Uh, open. (laughs) So when my eyes open, I straight away do my gratitude prayer, you know, and I, I have faith. I'm a spiritual person and I tap into that higher power instantly because that is the most important thing for me, because that is what is going to help me through my day, staying connected to that higher power, which is for me about love. Yeah. So self-love having gratitude and being able to move out into my day, being able to have that purpose and intention of helping other people. That's very much a big part of my life now, (laughs) my existence. I absolutely love that. And I think it's so important to start every day with something, no matter what it is for you, that gets you into the mental headspace to tackle your day. So I like to think before I wake up, before I do anything else that day, it's not go on my phone, it's not check my social media, it is working from within myself and working on focusing where I want to go with that day. And I look in the mirror, sort of probably a little bit similar to what you do, but mine is self-affirmations. And it's reminding myself of who I am what I want to achieve and where I want to go. And these things really get me in such a good headspace for the day. Mm. So I think that's amazing. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, we all know, especially with technology today and social media and how incredibly busy people's lives are, 
and how full our lives are. If you do that intention and that connection first thing, you are setting yourself up to walk well in that day and be positive. And if you wake up and you're not feeling positive, you have a chance to change how you're feeling. And, you know, I'm a big believer in connecting with that higher power, but your mind is everything. Your thoughts are everything. And so by doing that first thing in the morning, because if you don't, then you get into your day and then the daily stresses of life will come at you. But if you are connected to your inner being, which is where your love and strength is, you'll handle everything so much better. I love that so much. And you saying you've got the power to change your thoughts. You do. Every single day we have that choice and we have that power and it's something we just need to remind ourselves of. And you're right, if you get into the day and life is piling on top of you, you can reroute those changes in those mental headspaces. Well, well, absolutely. You know, like even if you you go off track and suddenly you are filled with anxiety, you know, I say to people, just take, give yourself five minutes just to go somewhere quiet and just connect back with you. Just do some deep breathing and just say, I am loved. Everything's going to be okay. And move on. Because again, at the end of the day, you know, we can sometimes create so much, put so much more stress on ourselves. And and it can be an illusion that what you consider as a problem, it's not as bad as what it really is. If you can stay calm and centered, you will handle your reaction to things so much better. And you can see the overall picture when you are more calm and you're not focusing on all the tiny little details Mm. and you can actually think, right, okay, so here's an issue. How can I tackle it? You're so much more clear-headed about it. What am I thinking at the moment? What are my thoughts? You know, like by giving yourself just, okay, so what am I feeling right now? Is it true? You know, asking, is it really true? (laughs) You know, (laughs) if you're having problems in your business, am I going to lose the business today? No. No. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Being rational about these thoughts. I've just had a huge argument with my partner. Does that mean that our relationship is over? No. Breathing is a big thing. Breathing, thinking about your thoughts, staying centered, and knowing that you're never alone. Oh, that is so amazing that you've given me such great (laughs) tips. I feel like I'm going to have an incredible day today. What does living your best life mean to you? Probably the most important thing to me has always been having energy, okay? The most important thing is family and friends. They are my absolute top thing of my whole life. So my family and my friends and my love for them is what I operate on at this stage in my life. So you just spoke about it's important to keep energized. What are your Mm. tools for this? What are your top tips? So energy is important. And I have been using supplements for years. Started using supplements when I was Miss Universe. When I was looking after Marty, I was given a supplement called MitoQ, which is all about making sure that our cells have energy. And as we get older, we all think about aging on the outside, (laughs) but we forget about our internal system, our body organs age as well. And so MitoQ is all about mitochondria health, which is basically the health of your cells. And so I've been taking this health supplement, which gives me energy. 
So energy is a very important thing. When I wake up, my alarm goes off, I jump out of bed and I get through my day and I have energy. And that energy has always been an important thing about aging because, you know, People think, oh, as I get older, I'm going to have less energy. And that's something I don't want because if we don't have energy, we can't do the things that we want to do. So taking a really good health supplement is very, very important. It's part of my life. And MitoQ is the one that I I take and I totally believe in. All the basics, just going back to the basics, good diet, sleeping well. Oh, sleep is so important, isn't it? Oh, look, it is so important because that's when your body – is doing all its repairing. And that's where managing stress and having a calm and peaceful mind is paramount. Because if that mind is chatting and you're trying to sleep, it doesn't work. And so learning how to deal with stress. And so that's where exercise, I've exercised my whole life. I couldn't imagine life without exercise because it makes me feel good. It does, doesn't it? It just gives you that boost and you feel so able. I often go into any exercise session with my head just in circles, swirling about different things, and I leave it with honestly not a single thought running through it other than I feel fantastic. And that's why I exercise. It clears my head and I feel better about myself and I feel more energised because of it. Yeah. And it's important to find, like I've changed what my exercise has been over the years. And like for me now, one of the most important things in my life is contemporary yoga. And what it is, is restorative yoga. The reason I love this is because I go in, I do it on a Monday morning and I do it at home too. I have self-practice. I used to do yoga years ago where it was all about holding the right poses and looking around the class and making sure that I was doing it right. It was all about being right. And what restorative yoga is about, you know what, what's good for me? What's really good for my body today? This feels like a yoga session that I could get amongst because every time I've tried yoga in the past, I end up giggling halfway through because I'm not quite in the right position. I'm disturbing everyone around me and I I feel like I'm just not doing it correctly. Yeah, this is more about... It's an investigation about what's happening internally. At this stage of my life, I love learning about what is going on. How do my lungs work? How do all the nerves in my body work? You know, I get the sore shoulder when I get a bit tense. Where's that coming from? It's really informative. It's an internal inquiry into the body. Plus, after the class, I do float out of that class feeling so connected again to my body, loving my body, being kind to me. It's a nourishment of my body and my mind. Isn't that beautiful? That is absolutely beautiful. I just want to thank you so much for coming and chatting to me today. This has just been such a lovely, lovely experience. I wanted to end on a question for you. Where is your happy place? Oh, I've got to say that I'm really happy when I'm with my children. (laughs) I have two children and a stepdaughter. And they, when they're with me, when I'm, they don't live with me. They're both overseas, my children. And when I'm talking to them, I'm just so happy that, so being with my children, any contact with them makes me so happy. And my really, as far as nature is concerned, my happy place is the beach. I just love the beach. The sound of the waves. The the waves, the smell, the sand, 
what the beach represents, freedom. Anybody can come to the beach. Of course, all those years as a child growing up at Mount Monganui Beach, fun, yeah, freedom. When I'm feeling a little bit off, I will go to the beach and I will always feel better after a visit to the beach. Yeah, it's so lovely. And it's one of those things, having a space that you know calms you is something that's just so satisfying. What's your space? My happy place, place. is pretty much anywhere in a bush in nature. Yeah. I love the sounds of birds, seeing the light peek through the trees. Yeah. That is my happy spot always, going on walks with my dog. There's something about it that is just so peaceful yeah. and so calming. It's and, so good for our bodies yeah. and our minds and being can, in nature. I can do it on my own. I can do it with a friend. I can do it with my partner. It's something that everyone can be a yeah. part of. And I think... And it's free. Exactly. And I think for so long, the fact that I struggled to walk, even up a driveway, to go and do a hike in a bush is something that every time I do it, I'm thankful for it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Thank Lorraine. you. This Thank you. This amazing. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this Raw Collective podcast. Do not forget to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps others to find the show and literally just takes two seconds. And make sure you head to Raw Collective's Insta page or rawcollective.co for updates on this or any other of their shows. 